0: You're listening to a message from The Church at Rutledge. For more information about TCAR, please visit thechurchatrutledge.org. Good morning. We were singing earlier when you were singing, Come Awake, Come Awake. I, I don't know if I was properly focusing on the true meaning of that, because I was kind of slapping myself back there, like, wake up, wake up, you know, but, cause I, I don't know if you can tell by my red eyes, I'm a little bit tired this morning. It's been a long weekend and still some things to go, but just, uh, by way of housekeeping, a few announcements, and it's great for our folks for me to do this in the message because there's some listening live as we're, we've started broadcasting the audio part on Facebook. Soon we'll get back to, we did the video once and, we're working on making that part better, so soon we'll be have the live video and audio on Facebook. For those listening this morning, though, and for you guys this morning, um, don't forget a few things like uh, Severe County Relief and us going there February 4th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's on a Saturday. You can sign up out in the lobby because I have to register you to go, so please sign up on there. Ten years of age and above can go, so even if there's a kid coming with you, make sure and put them on there so that I can go online and register them to to go over there and serve. Uh, New members class is coming up March 12th. I know we have a few of you that are anxious for that and ready to to be a part of that. Make sure and sign up out there. And then sometime in February, I'll get you some material to look at beforehand before coming to the class. Uh, Or if you just want to know what TCAR is about and you're like, I'm not sure if I'm ready to join yet, but I want to know what it's all about, uh, you can sit in on that class and just check it out. Um, don't forget Men's and Women's Bible Study Happening on Thursday nights It's right here uh, Both on the same night same time. What time does it start, guys, gals? Six, 6.30 for the ladies Is it 6.30 or 7 for the guys? 7, okay um, So you guys come Take part in that um, You can see Rita or Bill Hillhouse On either one of those things Or Randy Bailey You can talk to him If you're interested in coming to Men's Bible Study uh, but they're, they've got a great start and some good stuff going on in there so far. Uh, but you can jump in anytime. Remember, there's a business meeting next Sunday right after church for our members. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, ordaining some new deacons and uh, talk about the bus uh, that we have on about possibly selling that or keeping it what we want to do with that. So that will, those two things will be discussed. Also... Um, just so you know, Awana Awards you know, will be next Sunday morning. No, not next Sunday morning. When is that? February twelfth. Is that next Sunday? Two Sundays. Two Sundays from now, um, we'll be we're going to be presenting some stuff on Sunday morning with our kids. So you'll we'll get to see that as well. Um, okay, so that's the housekeeping stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I want to apologize right up front. As soon as I get done preaching, like I'm gonna have to get leave, so if I don't get to hang out with you afterwards, I promise next Sunday, I'll stay as long as you want, going can sit and talk, but have to get out uh, by order of chief of police, I need to be at, down here in Rutledge at 1230 to go with them on a, for a, the Joshua John funeral thing that's happening today, so I have to get home and change and get down there, um, thank you to Bill and Rita, and um, so you know our chaplains and, that we have in our church and. Uh, Couple, Another guy that works for the Rutledge group served all day yesterday and um, a part of that and just appreciate them serving. and um, So a little bit of that to finish up. I'll, t- I'll tell you this just as a word of warning, not to be disrespectful, but just so you know, if you don't have to go across 92 after the service today, I would probably not go to Jefferson City across 92 because it would be as soon as that procession, all that takes off, It's going to be very crowded, and you probably won't be able to get through there, and it would just add to a lot of congestion. So um, beware 92 this afternoon and just be in prayer for that family. Um, But I'm glad you're with us this morning, and I hope that this morning is encouraging to you uh, and moves you closer to God than you may be or not be today. Don't know where you're at, but I want to start this morning by saying something we've been saying since October 9th, and we had our Even so, campaign, and we introduced our renewed vision uh, statement, and I don't want this morning, I want you to understand this, because I don't want it to sound like another sales pitch, okay? Um, Because it's never meant to have been, and we don't ever want it to sound that way. And I want you this morning for you to feel the weight of of even that, vision statement in the light of what this scripture says and what each of us really experiences in life and so here it is Uh, our vision that first line is is to build community on the foundation of Jesus and there is more in that than it just sounds on the front end because as Christians we go oh that sounds nice then we move on and as we have been going through Hebrews I hope that that foundation of Jesus is just elevated to a new meaning for you. Be- because there is one unmistakable thing that I don't know how people do without it. And, and that's Jesus. And you, you look at things like seeing... I don't even know the family of Joshua John and all that. Um... And, and have just got to meet them briefly through this thing yesterday. But it, it's a, uh, you go through certain things in life, and Christians will say often, I don't know how people make it without Jesus. But yet there's that dynamic we've talked about before as, you know, as a, as a, as a non believer, people outside of Christ and look at uh, Christianity and go, why would anybody want to do that? You know, we're, but we're, we're on the other side going, How? Why would anybody not want to have a relationship with this God? But people who don't see it, they look at our lives and go, man, all the sacrifices you make and if you tithe like you should and you serve and you you do all those things, they look at our lives and go, that's crazy. Why would you do that? Who would want to do that? And you you get all this fun cut out of your life. You know, that's what non-Christians think about Christians. And, and some do because they get very legalistic and religious and they cut a lot of stuff out, out of religiosity or legalism. And, but I, I, when you really know and walk with Jesus, you just go, how can people make it without Him? And right behind that is that statement of, of understanding of community of people living their lives with the same foundation. It's having Jesus, but having this family of believers with you that you do life with. And, and even Paul would say, and this is kind of a disclaimer before I go too far in this, is, is as I talk about some things today and, and the weight of it, I'm not trying at all to parallel or compare per se my life with Jesus on a level of saying I'm Jesus. You understand that? Okay. But even Paul would say, I, I want to know Christ and his sufferings. Okay. And Why in the world would you want that? And I'm I, thinking about this even this morning uh, as we're going to talk about Jesus being our great high priest. Jesus, as we'll see in our Scripture today, understands our suffering. And so if I, if He's our great high priest and He's my model for my life and I'm to minister to other people, not just in my church family, but in my community, then what makes Jesus such a great high priest, and here comes the whole thing about what today's about. If Jesus is the great what makes Him so great is He understands everything you go through better than anybody else on this planet and can minister to you in a way that a pastor cannot or any, no other person can, then if I'm to model my life after Christ, I want to know Him and His sufferings and it kind of makes this complete wonderful circle as we're a royal priesthood, we're called to be His ambassadors, as we're called to be people striving to become like Christ I want to know Him in those sufferings so that I can better minister to people. So that I can be a better representative of Christ. So it's not a me trying to be Christ, but I'm supposed to live my life modeled after Christ and try to be more like Him. And so that's, that's the understanding of this morning. So when you, you hear things that I'm going to talk about, like Christ went through this, and, I, and, and have you ever had that? And I've, I've been through that kind of thing. The parallel is Jesus understands better than anybody. Okay? So that when the worst comes your way, as a people who understand that, and and we're in community together, there are people who can hold you up. That's part of it. Certainly, but even better, there is a God who comes down in human form Jesus and it's as if he has sat down and put his arm around every one of us literally and looks at you and says I understand I know what you're going through more than you can imagine and I have overcome all of that and so if I'm in you, you're in me hope of glory we we you'll get through this because there's a power greater in you than that is greater than all this stuff you're going through, and that's why I don't know how people make it with, without Him. And I'm not trying to infer, as I opened, you know, talking about the whole Joshua John situation, all that, that any of the, that those people don't know Him. I don't know them, okay. So I don't. There's no inference there at all. I'm just saying it's a tough situation to go through, and I just hope that there is a leaning on Jesus. But Jesus can say, I really know what you're going through. And I can tell you, one day, if you're mine, if that Holy Spirit is in you. One day, it's, it may not be okay right now, and it's tough, but one day it'll be okay. And I can tell you that, Jesus says, one, because I am the Son of God who knows all things, and two, because I went through it as well. Now, what really brought this to the surface for me, and as as I've gone through this week, is has been the the whole deal of, of the seven year old Joshua John who died, and being there, and you, like I said, I don't know the family, just got to see them briefly, and um, for him to go through this three or four years. Some of you know more about it than I do, or or, or whatever, and I'm not trying to use this. I just, it's just. It's been the experience this week and knowing that's coming and gonna to have to to work at that, that it you you feel the weight of it. Does that make sense? I don't know, especially for parents, you feel the weight of that. And just being around it and and walking through and leading the casket out into and, and then as we walked out, it just you you feel the weight of it. Not that I can even imagine or comprehend what they're going through. Um, But I know there has to be an enormous feeling of loss that is even beyond my understanding to a degree. Because when it even brushes my mind, as it has many of you, when you come across something like this, if it even brushes your mind of what if that was one of my kids, just the weight of that, it can be unbearable so it's not beyond my understanding but the degree of it i can't imagine for them but it's it's not beyond god's understanding cuz he lost his son too and he knows like no one else there's the there's this it's not beyond the scope and the experience and understanding of jesus I remember the first funeral I ever did. All this comes to mind when you, when you get around this stuff. Um, First funeral I ever did was for an eight-year-old little girl, that had been handicapped most of her life, all of her life, and she was just given—they just only said she would live to be three years old, but she lived until she was eight. And I remember the hospital, being there at Children's Hospital and the hospital representative coming to me and the little girl had died and the grandmother who had taken care of her most of her life was holding her and would not let go of her. And the hospital asked Peter, would you help us get the little girl from her before rigor mortis sits in because it will not be a memory they will want. And so I just remember having to work with her. It took me about 20 minutes to get her to give the child to me so i could give the child to the funeral home and i promised her i will be with her until she is out of the hospital and goes with them and and i don't want this morning to be like a downer you know what i'm saying i can i can feel it you can feel it i don't want it to be like a downer And i knew this i knew this was where i'd be this morning so i wanted to uh, in the midst of this put a little humor in here so i make sure to wrote, write this in my notes okay uh, because I think about you get to going through the funerals you've been a part of and so I can remember some really embarrassing moments at funerals as well okay uh, just to interject this in there and uh, I thought about an Im- embarrassing moment I had just this week but I didn't want to steal David's thunder because he's threatened to use the, it against me so I'll just leave that alone Uh and we'll exit the room if he ever shares it. Uh but I remember being at a funeral and it was for an officer uh being stationed his father his mother had passed away and and so I went and I was walking through and the chief went in front of me and I remember coming up and the officer and his dad were sitting there and the chief you know said all kinds of all the stuff that you that's appropriate and one it was just wonderful and I thought well, when I step up next, I'll, it, there's not really anything for me to say. I'll just shake their hands and, and exit. But I just remember when I stepped up to the father to shake his hand, I had on the, the chaplain boot thing, and they're gawky sometimes. And I remember I kicked or stepped on the dad's foot. And so all that came out of my mouth in that moment as I shook his hand and I was referencing me stepping on his foot, I just remember shaking his hand and going, sorry about that. And it was so awkward. It was like, and the officer looked at me and I shook his hand and I just kind of walked off and I'm going to the door going, sorry about that? Like, that's, like, are they thinking, because he didn't even respond to me hitting his foot, so I'm thinking, they're thinking that's what I was saying in reference to their mom and their wife. Sorry about that. You know, so I was like, that has haunted me ever since. Like, I'm like, you want to go back to him and go, just so you know, you remember a couple years ago, um, I was referencing stepping on your dad's foot, okay? Um, just awkward moments. And it'll happen. It happens to people. Um, uh, and so anyway, uh, don't, the lesson there is don't ever say sorry about that when you go to a funeral, okay? It's not the proper response. Um, uh, and, and it's good to laugh because some of you are here this morning and you're like, man, things are going great in my life. I'm I'm good. Everything's going good. Not a care in the world. Had a great weekend, and so I, I understand it's not to bring you down, okay, and and put some weight on you. But but even for you to even understand to let you know, because Jesus would say himself, it's not a matter of uh, if you'll ever have trouble, but when. And he would say it in the way of in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It's not to bring you down. It's, it's for you to be even more up if you're having, if, if you're in that place of, man, everything's good, because to know things are good, but even when the bad things come, I have a Savior that's overcome all that and it will be okay. So I can praise Him even more, even in the good times or the bad. I know that everything's going to be okay. That this Jesus we've been reading about for two weeks is greater he's the best ever a greater than any prophet greater than any angel greater than any priest he's the best ever so let's look at our passage today in light of um, situations of life and what jesus wants to say to us this morning hebrews 2 i left off at verse 5 last week so we are going to start there and i'm just going to read through the end and make a few comments and then talk to you for a moment um, But verse 5 says if there's a kleenex in here i'd I use it, I, I'll just make a confession. Uh, thank you, Leona. You haven't used that yet, have you? Uh-huh. You haven't used it yet, have you? Okay, thank you. Um, but, uh, I usually, I'm like, man, why aren't all these tissue boxes in here? Like, that's one of those little things. Of mine. But, like, there's moments like this, I'm like, thank you, ladies, for putting a tissue boxes in. Here. Pardon me. Sorry about that. Um, that was an appropriate moment for that. That's okay. Um, verse 5 says, For he did not s- subject to angels the world to come, concerning which we are speaking. There's a whole another sermon. Like, there's so much. This stuff is so deep, and hopefully that's why you'll go to home teams and men's Bible study, so you can get deeper into this stuff that it would take us a year to get through. Uh, all of this book, in if we broke down everything, but to which we are speaking, but one who has testified somewhere saying, and this, then he quotes out of Psalm eight. I told you there's like so many places in Hebrews. He just keeps referring back to the Old Testament, and it's great. You could go back and just, well, I'm gonna go back and read Psalm eight and see why he put this in there. Okay, what is man that you remember him, or the son of man that you are concerned about him? You have made Him for a little while lower than the angels. He's talking about Jesus here. Okay, but I thought He was the best ever. He was greater than the angels. I, you have to understand where He's going with this and understand Jesus as God and being made in human form. Remember, He's fully God, but fully man at the same time. So there's this aspect of Him being man that puts Him lower than the angels. Which I was talking with David this week, really... I look at it and I go, so Lucifer rebelled and all that stuff happened and and yet to say man is lower than the angels in some way but yet Genesis would tell us that we're his prized creation and there's this dynamic of all that that I go, man, and, and and I told him I don't want to talk about it in a way that degrades or ticks off like the angels because they help us and I don't want to make any of them mad that might be around at any moment not to be freaky or anything, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, to think that the the angels Lucifer rebelled, and all these angels fall, but jesus didn't come and die for them he didn't become an angel and die on a cross for the angels, but he did that for us, you know, so i 'm like, and i don't want to rub that in you, you understand what I'm saying, but this is what it 's talking about is is that for Jesus to be God and we 're made in his image, and i I'm, I know that's a big part of that whole prize creation and who we are uh but for him to come and lower himself, which put him, he came to serve. I mean, he's even redeeming creation. He's redeeming the world and to say he would come and put himself below all that for our sake, for the world's sake. For a little while lower than the angels, you have crowned him with glory and honor and you have appointed him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under His feet. So in making Him lower gives Him this right to... to I mean, it's, He's God, but it, it's like it gives Him this greater sense of everything's in subjection to Him. For in subjecting all things to Him, He left nothing that is not subject to Him. Okay, you get this? And it, this is important, okay? And this is a little side note. All this is so important because, in, in if you come out of that background, or you may be here in that back in in that of understanding the whole Jehovah Witness thing, and they claim Jesus to be an angel, to have been the archangel, or he's not God; he was just a great teacher. You know, you get those kind of things. Nowhere in Scripture is that taught, and the Bible speaks so clearly against that thinking. Okay, all things are subject to Him. He is He is greater than the angels, and to, he is fully God. Everything's subject. There's not one thing that's not subject to him, to Jesus. He's not just an He's not an angel. He's God. And here's the, here's the hard part. And, and when you lock into this, this is the part we go, yeah, I get that. When it says, but now we do not yet see all things subjected to him. Everything's subject to Christ. But we're looking at everything going, sure doesn't seem like it. Right? Do you get that? Like we're going on, so why does a little boy die with cancer? Why does a little girl who's handicapped, who's eight, die? Like we, we look at that and we go, I can't grasp how in the world that builds the kingdom at all or why God has to do that. I don't understand why things work sometimes the way they do in this world. Some of you have experienced that kind of loss, even children of your own. And you just look at it and go, it sure doesn't seem like He's got everything in control. But yet, He left nothing that is not subject to Him. But we do not see Him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God He might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom all are all things, and through whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to perfect the author of their salvation through sufferings. It's one of the questions I put in your home team questions. If you haven't got yours, they're out there, or you can get them online. Of, of talking about how is it, how do you perfect something that's already perfect? Because Jesus is perfect, right? But it says to perfect the author of their salvation through sufferings. Okay? let you wrestle with that one. It's again another whole thing we don't have time to get into. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one Father, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, and then he goes into Psalm 22, I will proclaim, proclaim your name to my brethren, in the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, and he goes back to Isaiah 8, I will put my trust in Him. And again, and this is still from Isaiah 8, Behold, I am the children whom God has given me. So he, he, he's a, he becomes our brother in, in, in the Scripture says that he may be the firstborn among many brethren. That is, we get to be his family, yet he's still greater. Okay. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. For assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendant of Abraham. That's That brings it down to us, to the believers in Christ. He, we're, We are in that descendants of that old covenant through Jesus' now new covenant. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For since He Himself was tempted in that which He has suffered, He is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. He's able to come to your aid in a way like nobody else can in the midst of temptation, in the midst of trials, in the midst of difficult circumstances. You get all that? Well, of course you do. You're like, I understood every word of that, okay? Here's what you need to know this morning from this, okay? Jesus was made like us so that He could be made great in all things. Okay, He was already perfect, but to be the best ever at all things, He had to be like us and experience life as a human and just... I don't know why this came to mind, just rock it out that he, he was the best at, like, do life like nobody's ever done. it. Perfect. Okay? So that he could become a great high priest for us who knows what you're going through better than anyone. Okay? Better than the pastor, better than any counselor, better than your mama. Okay? I know mom has all the answers, but Mine's in the back today, so I'm getting away with all this. Okay? Or she's somewhere. I'm not sure. I'm getting nervous now. I'm like, is she in here? Okay? But think about what Jesus went through. And I just wanted us to walk. I'm just going to hit just some things that he went through, and maybe one of them you'll look around a while and as we talk about these things and go, yeah, I. I I get that, and that's where I'm at. Okay. Maybe our struggles, maybe our shortcomings, maybe our struggle with sin, maybe our lack of faith sometimes. Maybe we'll see that in a new perspective. And at least that's my hope through this. So just think about Jesus starting his earthly ministry. You know, he had that grows up and for three and a half years before he goes to the cross. And and the first thing that happens to him when he takes off on that, what happens to him when he just goes, Okay, here I go. I'm gonna start ministering like like I'm supposed to, like nobody else. I'm I'm really going to start doing what I'm supposed to. Not, not that he was not doing what he's supposed to do for God, but he's taken off on this ministry part. What's the first thing that happens to him? He gets. What's he get led into? Come on, y'all can interact with me. It's okay. Yeah, he goes. He gets led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, right? To to be tempted by all of this stuff. You know, and you know, and and here's the thing, he understands because what happens to us sometimes is, man, we, we go to church, we hear a great message, or we go to a conference, or, or something happens in our life, and we have those moments where we're like, yeah, I'm really, I want to get close to God, and man, this is great, and we get, we get turned on to, Man, I just, I want my relationship with God to be better. And so we're like, we go buy a new Bible and a a journal and we get some study guide and we're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get up every morning at this time and I'm going to, for at least 15 minutes every day and I'm going to pray before I do. And we lay out all of our stuff and, and we're ready. And then we get up that morning and what happens? It's just like we just got dragged out into the wilderness and the devil's looking at us going, uh, uh, right? And it's like life crashes us as soon as we make that effort to move toward Him. And our flesh starts battling us, and and here comes it's just, it's like, God, I wanted to get close to you, and you led me out into this. Like I'm trying to follow you, and this is where you put me. And the next thing you know, we're being attacked by all kinds of temptation, and the heat gets turned up. But I want to say this. Do you understand? Jesus understands. So, in the midst of that, when we fail, he comes alongside us and just puts his arm around us and says, I understand. I I know. Okay? I tried to take off in that direction and right out into the wilderness, man. Or like when he heads for Jerusalem to be crucified. He knows that's coming. The Bible would even say for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Like he knew there was joy out there somewhere. Like we have that as Christians. We know regardless what we go through in this world, there's joy out there on the other end. The cake is out there, right? And, and so he takes off and he, he for so long, he, he has this time where, People are following him. Crowds gather. People just want to touch his garment, right? Pe- people are, are like, man, he's great. He you should be our king. You should take over. You should he's coming to make all this right here and now on this earth. And big groups are following him and talking about how great he is and 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 right and they're just they're loving loving this. And and they're just people. Climbing trees just to get a look at him, right? And yet, right up to the day before he gets arrested and he's beat half to death, literally, and the very same crowd that was shouting his name and how great he was, now is shouting for him to die and just turn on him like that. You ever been hated like that? You ever had that come at you? Maybe it's as simple as something like your skin color or because of what you wear or maybe you have no clue why but the person just hates you or a group of people. You, you ever get that, Right? I mean it can be as simple as you know you think how how wonderful man to be able to stand on a stage and speak to people on God's behalf and and preach and do that being a pastor a lot of guys love the thought of doing that and have great dreams of what it's like and uh, we just you know pray for David and guys like Tyler and we need more young people coming into ministry but there needs to be a humility and an understanding of what you're walking into. And I'm not trying to produce sympathy for myself or anything, but it's just you have things like this in your life. But it's a simple of you do something like this and you'll make a lot of friends. Like People will be like, man, yeah. And, and love it. And, and you'll make a lot of friends because of it. And then there are people who will just all of a sudden hate you for no good reason because of it. Analyze every word you say and they can say whatever they want, especially about you. But you better not even conjugate a verb wrong. Just being hated, just the weight of that. And yet Jesus took so much of that. Or like being betrayed. Even... Just been hit out of nowhere by by a good friend. That ever happened to you? You you would you would have swore not that person. That person would never do that to me, and then they do like out of nowhere. Jesus would invest in these twelve really close guys to him. They would tra- he, would, he would travel with him. He would invest in them, teach them, give them responsibility, teach them to do these great things. And those 12, and then there's even those, the inner three that's even closer. would get so close to him, and, and one of those 12, Judas, right? Sells him out for 30 pieces of silver. And as we talked about before, this wasn't a guy that, that you couldn't trust. He was the treasurer for the group. Like, he had great trust amongst all of these guys. But yet would be the one to sell out. And there's Jesus. And and you got if you go back and read it, there's a place where Jesus even he he looks at Judas, Judas approaches him and betrays him with a kiss, and, and Jesus would look at him. And when you think about that aspect of the scriptures and how it talks about that we're to greet one another with a holy kiss. You don't have to do that, okay, Tony. It's okay. That's that's that was a cultural thing back then. Um But but it's a thing of that, that scripture would talk about them greeting each other that way and what that meant. And yet Jesus stands there and even says it to Judas. He says, you, you're going to betray me with a kiss? Like, really? Like, why couldn't you just take your money, tell them who I was, and disappear in the night, man? Why you gotta, you've got to walk up here and do that? You? The one we trusted with the money and then you're going to take it and sell out? Like, can you imagine... What that was like for him, like you're talking about a guy like even Judas and the people around Jesus who would betray him, they've they've seen Jesus raise people from the dead, they've seen Jesus calm the seas, feed the multitudes, a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread, right? Heard the kingdom of God preached, just all kinds of things that Jesus. They've seen this. People healed, right? And just in the middle of uh, middle of the night, Judah sells him out for thirty bucks, right? And to look at him and say, "You're gonna you're gonna do it this way." You're one of my closest friends, and you were in that circle. Not just anybody. You were one of those guys. You you ever been betrayed like that? It just hurts so bad that it just paralyzes you. Someone you loved and you let them in and you swore that person would never be it, and it's them. Jesus understands all that. He understands someone just walking away from you and saying things about you that aren't true. He had that. You think about Peter and denying him three times, saying, I don't know him. I don't know him. He's nothing. He's a liar. And Peter was one of those three in that smaller, closer circle. And he walked away when Jesus needed him most when it was the hardest time to go through. You ever feel abandoned like that? So that's why Jesus can come in and sit down beside you and say, I understand. I get it. I really get it. Okay? Or maybe you just get tired. I mean, that's, that just seems to be Christianity these days. Me and another pastor sat down talking. He said, man, it's just like everybody in my church is just tired. I'm just tired. And I don't understand it. it. shouldn't be this way. And you think about, there's a time Jesus is walking through Samaria and it's it just, man, he just gets tired and so he sits down and the other guys are fine, right? And they just, they walk on into town and uh, get food and bring it out back out to Jesus because he just sat down and been, and he was like, man, I'm I'm just tired. Jesus, there was the fully human physical side of Jesus that understands every bit of that. Or maybe you're just distressed. There's anxiety, overwhelmed with your circumstances. You think about Jesus when he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and he's there. And he tells those guys, hey going in here, I'm going to pray. Just keep watch. Would you just pray with me? Just stay awake. And of course, they all fall asleep, right? And he knows what's coming on the cross and he's grieved and distressed and he says to his guys, my soul is deeply grieved. Like he says that. Okay? The NIV says my soul is Overwhelmed. You ever been in a place that you just didn't know what to do but pray? Like you just feel overwhelmed, you just feel distressed, you feel the anxiety, the weight of it? Maybe you just didn't know what to do at all, period. Everything's out of my hands, I don't have control of this, and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm at the mercy of the circumstances of whatever will be. Jesus can say, I understand. since says, I just had to get to the place where I would say, Hey God, not my will, but Yours. Like I don't want to even do this, but I'm at the mercy of whatever You say and whatever will be. It's why He can be there for us and understand. And we don't have a one-up on God. Like, Because I think sometimes we think, because we, I hear this as a pastor, you don't know what I've been through. There's some of it I don't. Like I, I really, don't, and I don't know the depth of the pain and understand what you've been through, but you don't have one up on Jesus. Not even in suffering, you can't say, "Well, hey, I get a pass because I've suffered more than anybody ever." You no, know, Jesus says, "I've even got that one." That's even me, okay? And He can comfort you like no one else. It's what makes Him. The beautiful great high priest, because he can minister to your soul in a way that nobody else can. You remember in verse 17 18 of Hebrews 2, therefore he had to make he, he had to be made like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. And so after something like this funeral this weekend, and I know some of you feel this too, but when you even just think about that, like I'm not even close to that, but to think about it and think about what that child's gone through, and then that whole thing of it's—it's it's like sitting at home, like going home last night and walk in the door, or get up this morning and there's my kids, and you just want to grab them and like hug them and like hold on to them and like love on them, and but then you just all that—you just feel the emotion, you just want to cry. Like your kids are okay, but you—you you think, well, if that was my kid, and it just makes you want to. But but you I resist because I don't want my even my three year old probably be like, What's wrong with dad? Like he's being really weird. Okay? Get off me, Dad. You know? I don't so you just kinda resist all that. I don't want him to think I'm weird. But you can't imagine why it has to be this way. And so whatever you're going through, I don't know what what's going on with you in your life, but Maybe it causes confusion or anxiety or you're depressed or maybe you just want to cast God aside in the midst of all that. And I just want to say this, above all else, God is not the problem. He's the solution always. And if nothing else, He's a personal God. That's why it's so awesome that He is the only true living God. Which will come sit down beside you, put his arm around you, and say, "I understand." And guess what? You can make this, make it through this because I made it through. I overcame all that for you. And my Holy Spirit's in you. I'm, we're together. It's overcome, and we may have to walk through it and endure it together, but one day, it's all okay. He says, I, I understand. I get it. He says, and I, I love you so much and I, it will be better one day because I've overcome even what you're going through. Often some of you have been somewhere where I've come to visit or been there when I've quoted this Scripture and when I do hospital visits, often I, I use the Scripture so I'm jumping ahead in Hebrews. But... I just want to talk about this. Just, just, I just want you to hear this this morning, in light of what I've talked about, for us to close. Um, and, and, and I, I committed this passage to memory because of the understanding of what you just heard and what we just talked about. I try to relay that to people, especially, you know, to especially to fellow brothers and sisters in Christ when they're in the hospital somewhere. I've quoted it to people moments, days before they've passed away because I think it's a beautiful picture of what Jesus brings into the worst of our moments. The Hebrews 4, 14-16 says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into the heavens, means he's defeated death, man. He beat it all. He even beat death. And he's gone back to heaven. Since we had that type, great high priest who's ascended into the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we don't have a great high priest who cannot empathize, which is a different word. Some versions say sympathize, but the real word translation there is empathize, which means not just I sympathize with you and go, oh, I feel bad for you, but I don't, I've never been through that. We can sympathize with people a lot, but Jesus says he he can empathize with us because he's been there. He says, I understand because I've done it. For we don't have a great high priest who cannot empathize with us in our weaknesses. He calls them weaknesses. Because we go through things and we can't handle it. But he was tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he was without sin. He beat it all. It's why we need Him. So let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Isn't that great? We're talking about God, the creator of the universe, that we can, He's saying, we can come boldly. We can come because of Jesus and what He did for us. We can actually come to the throne with confidence so that we may receive mercy. And there's a whole beautiful picture there, even if you go back into. Chapter 2 and the word propitiation we used a while ago and talking about the mercy seat and the, the blood that's put on that. and not, there's, all, there's beautiful pictures I don't have time to get into. I understand what it means to receive mercy and, and what Jesus has done for us. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Because we're all going to have times of need. And the only one that can do anything about that fully, perfectly, better than anybody is Jesus. And so I want you to rest in that today. That's all this today is about, is just to rest in that and go, you know what, regardless of what's going on, I can rest in that. Jesus has got it. Man, He's got it. And so I just want you to have a a time of prayer this morning especially as Tyler comes and plays and you know we do this song at the end and I just want this to be a time I'm not going to lead you in a in a prayer that we close this morning because I'm just going to tell you there's a great high priest that's way better than anything I can do and so I don't want to stand up here and preach that and then pray over you this morning even though there would be nothing wrong with that but I want you to feel Jesus coming down this morning sitting beside you putting his arm around you and him praying over you saying I understand I've got it He just says, I know, I understand. I, I, you're going to be okay. And so I would just say this you know, we, we're not the, we don't always go by the traditional rules or whatever, but I'd just say if you want to come down front and just kneel as, as though you're coming before Christ, you're welcome to do that. Do that where you're sitting. You can stand. You can, whatever that is for you. If you just want to sit and feel that of Jesus' arm around you or you want to come up here and feel that, I just want you to know you're free to do that. Okay, You're free to do that any Sunday. Just because we don't do a walk-forward invitation doesn't mean you can't do that. Okay, Uh, Because I know for some people, I don't want it to be a religious thing. For some people, it's that feeling of the altar and coming before God and there's something significant for you about that. That's totally okay. But I just want you to have that time to do that this morning. I'm going to take a moment to do that and then I'll have to exit, but you take the time you need and Tyler will dismiss you guys at the appropriate time and after our offering here in just a little bit. But it's just... Soak into that and let Jesus minister to us this morning.